It's Saturday in the first week of Advent. Welcome to today's Advent Cast. This is Father John Zulsdorf. From the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus went around to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and curing every disease and illness. At the sight of the crowds, his heart was moved with pity for them, because they were troubled and abandoned, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. From Memento Mori, A Companion on the Last Things, by Sister Teresa Alethea Noble. Jesus' heart is moved with pity for the people in today's gospel, and it also moves with pity for us. But we are not always open to his pity. We do not like to be in need of it. Instead, we want to be self-sufficient and deserving of praise, even God's praise. But meditation on death helps us to realize that we are, in fact, incredibly pitiable and helpless. Whether we are mindful of it or not, death creeps towards us every day, not even bothering to hide the sound of his footsteps. There is nothing we can do to muffle its approach or effects. We are powerless over death. Oh, inevitable death! We are death-bound sinners in need of grace. This might sound too negative, too much like worm theology that denigrates the human person, but this is not about wallowing in shame or self-pity. Rather, this is a simple fact. In order to more fully accept God's love and truly live out our dignity as created in the image of God, we must first acknowledge before him that we are sinful and helpless. Many people shudder at the thought of meditating on the last things, because deep down we don't want to admit that we are pitiable because of sin. But when we give up these uncomfortable aspects of our faith, we also give up the paradoxical comfort bound in contemplating them. Accepting that we are pitiable is the first step to accepting the grace that God gives us to save us from ourselves. The compassionate movement of Jesus' sacred heart wraps us in the power of his blood, and allows us to rest in the warmth of God's protection and love. This can bring us great relief from our suffering. When we recognize our smallness, we also begin to understand more fully how God's love surrounds us in our weakness. His overwhelming love for helpless humanity, the movement of salvation, culminates in the Son of God's astounding descent in the Incarnation, that we contemplate in this silent season. From Advent of the Heart, Seasonal Sermons and Writings, 1941-1944, by Father Alfred Depp, written in Tegel Prison, Berlin, December 1944. The deepest meaning of Advent cannot be understood by anyone who has not first experienced being terrified unto death about himself and his human prospects, and likewise what is revealed within himself about the situation and constitution of mankind in general. This entire message about God's coming, about the day of salvation, about redemption drawing near, will be merely divine game-playing or sentimental lyricism unless it is grounded upon two clear findings of fact. 
the first finding, insight into and alarm over the powerlessness and futility of human life in relation to its ultimate meaning and fulfillment. The powerlessness and futility are both boundaries of our existence and are also consequences of sin. At the same time, we are keenly aware that life does have an ultimate meaning and fulfillment. The second finding, the promise of God to be on our side, to come and meet us. God resolved to raise the boundaries of our existence and to overcome the consequences of sin. However, as a result, the basic condition of life always has an advent dimension. Boundaries and hunger and thirst and lack of fulfillment and promise and movement toward one another. That means, however, that we basically remain without shelter, underway, and open until the final encounter, with all the humble blessedness and painful pleasure of this openness.